You are listening to KYRS Medical Lake Spokane 88.1 and 92.3 FM, and this is Outspoken. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to another Sunday with the boys um, on Outspoken. Uh, we do want to start the show by uh, expressing our deepest condolences to those affected by the massacre of uh, Orlando. Of, yeah, 50 people shot dead, mm-hmm. 53 people uh, hospitalized, an officer wounded in the horrific uh, attack on Pulse in Orlando, which was a gay nightclub it happened i think it ended at 5 a.m this morning the Mm -hmm. the shooter has been killed and we had gotten uh some emails and some requests asking how do you even do a show right yeah and a lot of people have expressed their concern and of course i mean it's valid so we we just wanted to um uh, make sure that you know our our hearts and our thoughts are with those yeah. people, and especially as we in Spokane have. It's Pride Month, and we in Spokane yeah. just celebrated Pride just last. And night. we want to make it clear that the way that uh, the way that we do the show is we will mm-hmm. do the show as planned um, and talk about this horrific tragedy. Uh, you know, in the last part of the hour, but it's it is not without a heavy heart that we move forward with mm-hmm. our show today, um, and we will talk more about. Um, what happened in Orlando as we move forward. So uh, definitely in solidarity yes. with, yeah. with those that were, mm-hmm. were killed. It was an attack on our, our very community. It was um, directly into and the And it LGBT. could have happened to Anywhere. anyone celebrating yeah. Pride. could have happened to us in Spokane. It could have yeah. happened in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And that is terrifying mm-hmm. and absolutely horrific. So um, just know that our hearts go with you, uh, with everyone out there, and that we on the show are going to to press forward, talk about these issues, and you know go with the guests that we had today. So exactly, and uh, we will we will do our best to make sure we you know pay. It's hard to yeah, do a show on, a, for on a horrible. A, it is it, it, it horrible brings tragic down the, day. It brings like down this. you know, and it's a, it's it's not a uh, a bad you know, thing that is bringing down our energy. But I mean, it's, right. just, it's just what happens. Yeah, it, it's how heartbreaking. Do you, how do you go through that, you know? And to see humanity, to think that yeah. we have come so far and see that we have not. Right. There are whispers that it well, had then, something to do with uh, religious extremists. Mm-hmm. But in the end, it has to do with one person deciding that you, they don't agree with you. And instead of it being respectful and just well, knowing it's, I will kill you because it's we not, do not share the same views. And what a horrific stamp but on humanity. But it's not just one an person. Option. In this instance it was, but it's not an isolated incident is oh, what I'm trying to say. No. Because it's happening all the time, all over the place. I mean, uh San Bernardino Bernardino, I mean mm-hmm. like Boston. I mean we we have all of these things happening uh-huh. just within the last four years, eight mm-hmm. years, and decade. It, yeah. And it's well now. It, this is the worst shooting in US history. In US history. Uh, since Sandy Hook and you since any time there's never there's never been this many mm-hmm. casualties in a shooting in the United States ever. Exactly. Not they once. say actually the last uh attack d- uh, that's due to terrorism at all that and any this of this bad, is yeah. terroristic would have been nine eleven. Right. Yeah. There's so many people. Fifty people gunned down. Yep. At a at a fifty dead at and an, fifty a gay establishment plus hurt and injured yeah yeah what that's a, over a hundred victims what a horrific 
and it's and a part of you is like, how dare he mm-hmm. be dead? Mm-hmm. Because you just want someone to answer, right, for it. And you know, and he's not there. But what a horrific and awful, yeah. awful thing. So we'll we'll share some details. Uh, President Obama has made uh, a statement and mm-hmm. um, continues to be in. Yes. In communication yep. with Florida, it is a state of emergency in Orlando yeah. right now, and, and, a lot and they're of, looking for the governor yeah. to make that uh, statewide. A lot of uh, big public figures have been making statements, um, especially people down in Florida, the governor, the mayor, uh, the White House, and uh, well, all of our political, um, you know, it's candidates. Tragic. It just, I just can't. Yeah. It's almost like you can't even get. Well, you know, your I, mind around. Yeah, it. I I read the before I came in this morning. Yeah. I was just perusing during breakfast, read it, right. and on my way here, uh, you know, I just I I had to. You know, I cried on the way here because I just right. could not uh, yeah. think about it, and it you know it was so it was so rough because it could have happened here. You know, it when you realize that these aren't just you know random well, people. This isn't just across a, it's the a U.S. actual attack. Exactly. On the LGBT community. Across the U.S., uh, there was a, a person who was arrested in West Hollywood, California. Yeah. He was found to have an arsenal of weapons in his car, mm-hmm. and he planned to do the same thing at L.A. Pride. So the other question is, are, is this, you know, are people going to do this thing, across? Yeah. This is the, we talked last week about, uh, we, I believe, have created this culture where violence seems to be more the answer yeah. than than conversation, mm-hmm. uh, than communicating together. And this is further proof. And, you know, the whole purpose is to create fear. And the unfortunate thing is that is, I find that fear in myself having to fight that, knowing we go to bigger cities all the time. All the time, we, yeah. And realizing well, that it, it does scare you to think, I mean, we can't stop. And he, But exactly. at the same time, it's and that terrifying fear, that it's happening. That fear is so real because, you know, wh- it's not safe anywhere at this point. You no. know, it's, you know, Capitol Hill, uh, West Hollywood, these mm-hmm. bigger cities, San Francisco. I mean, there's so many uh, neighborhoods where yeah. people, LGBT people are supposed to feel safe. And that's yeah. being taken away. Exactly. That's being actively uh, attacked. And, and we can't does it help anymore. that we have a political environment that is so disjointed, especially right. when it comes to LGBT rights, that there's there's governments in different states that are trying to to promote prejudice, that are trying right. to pass mm-hmm. laws and, and yet mask it in religion, which is really yeah. the same thing that just happened, is someone saying their religious beliefs do not agree with you as gay people, so I'm going to kill you. That is a problem in our country, and when are we going to fix it? We live in fear every day that Donald Trump is going to be made president, and his vow is to take away, to reverse all of our rights as human beings. Mm-hmm. Like, LGBT people will lose everything we fought for. When do we realize that's the problem yeah. you know that we may not have been there in orlando and pulled the trigger but we as a society pulled the trigger well and here's the thing also i think you know and of course uh he made a statement and on twitter and you know has released these things uh what my biggest thing is he not once mentioned the lgbt community or the lgbt involvement in this because that is a big centering point of this attack trump trump yeah he made the statement and in his statement he vowed to make sure that we were diligent and uh, aggressive against ISIS, and I mean, well, well, that's well, that's important, you know, against uh, Muslim countries, mm-hmm. and you know, this is just going to create more 
of a situation. We'll we'll of course discuss more of this yeah, later. I have so many obviously it's, there's we have so, so many, many angles on and it. so much going and on. And here's here. the thing. So we're gonna cover this at the end of our show today. If you are sitting there and you're reading the news or you're having you have comments you want to make, um, we communication and conversation is the way to yeah. heal and it's the way that we move forward hopefully in a right. proactive way and we do invite you and we encourage you to pick up the phone yeah pick up the phone and call us in the last part of the show today uh probably about the one thirty hour and let's talk about this because i don't care if we're in spokane or not mm-hmm. this affects us not only as members of the lgbt community but as members of humanity and i would love a, a real conversation with people out there about what's going on that has created this environment and for the horrible atrocity that we have to deal with with those poor people who are dealing with what happened in Orlando. I mean, this is a deep issue, and when are we going to stop? It happens every year. More shootings and more shootings, and yes, this is uh, affecting directly the LGBT community, but the fact is, why are there more shootings? You mentioned uh, gay marriage has been legal in Canada for Ever. Almost a decade for, now. And yet, their no, gun violence, nothing. nothing. They don't what have shootings. They don't we have... go up every year, but Canada's just you fine. Look at, you look at Europe, same exact thing. Most yeah. of Europe has had LGBT marriage, you know, mm-hmm. equality for so long, and we don't see mass shootings. Of no. course, we do see other problems, but I mean, I, why, why is our culture and our free nation, yeah. so-called, yeah. having this issue? Yeah. You cannot be who you are. Yeah. In fear of being shot at a nightclub. And how are these people having club? arsenals of... How, exactly. How did he have an AR-15 assault weapon? Right. And we have a listener saying, I need to do something. I need to march. Uh, there, Because I, will, I have to echo that. You feel like, how can I just go through my day? Yeah, how can you how sit can here and do just nothing? Do, you know, and, but in the end, no matter what I do today, we can talk about it on this show. We can, we can write... Whatever, I will never. You just don't feel like it's enough. Well, because it will never it, be enough. But here's the thing: nothing, because it isn't, nothing can bring those fifty lives back. No, nothing and can do that. Doing nothing isn't an answer either. Well, yeah, absolutely. So I'm with our listener who who says that. What is going to happen, and how can we make sure we love complacency? We talk about it all the time. We don't love it, but uh, human beings tend to. Um, how do we not be complacent just because it happened on the other corner mm-hmm. of the U.S. We need to understand that that affects all of us, yeah. every single one of us. Yeah. So, so uh, in just a little bit, we're going to take a song break here. But in just a little bit, we're going to be joined by Yasmin Nunez, who yeah. is uh, you know, director of programs and uh, uh, orga- uh, communication of Soul Force, which is actually an uh, organization that, that deals with because they go religion. Into, yeah, and, and she talks about religious violence yep. against LGBT people. So this is a great conversation. And with her. I think it's going to be yeah, I think that's going to be made because yeah. let's talk about it. Here's yeah. the problem: religion has divided us so much. Now, Yas tends to still believe I, and we're going to talk to her directly, but still believe that spirituality is an option for us. Uh, religion is an option for LGBT people, um, and I want to know. Is it? Yeah. Um, and how can we feel that it's an option? And what, what she feels with the work that she's doing with Soul Force, mm-hmm. which is very in-your-face at Christian colleges across the U.S., I can't wait to talk to her and get, this has got to be, you know, exactly why she does what she right. does. So, anyways, I think it's going to be a really good conversation. Um, so you want to make sure you stay tuned in um, to the very end, because uh, after we speak to Robbie Turner from Season 8's RuPaul's Drag Race, um, we're going to continue even from there to talk about this horrible tragedy. 
uh, that has hit our nation today. Yeah. So I, you know what? We're going to take a song break here um, and listen to uh, Disclosure Song Magnets featuring Lord. You are back with KYRS Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM, and this is Outspoken. We are back. We it's are a heavy back. hour. We understand that, but yeah. for a lot of us, it's just a heavy time. It is. Uh, as of today. But as we promised, um, we are going to have a representative from Soul Force, which I think is a really important conversation this morning. Yeah, absolutely. To have absolutely. about. It's a, and Soul Force is a youth LGBT uh, organization mm-hmm. that focuses on religion and anti-violent religion and you know yeah. embracing your spirituality without having to go through the uh, dogma right. and traumatic things. So they go across the country and uh just in a moment we're gonna have her on here um and yaz uh nunez is who we are going to be talking to Mm -hmm. so it's going to be good kurt of course has her on the phone right now she Mm -hmm. is coming to us live via skype uh i feel like she is in another country you see another country right uh, it's funny because we've had guests that couldn't make that work uh in another country but uh, some people just take the time to make it work. I know, and I, l- I know. Isn't that nice? But we do, without further uh, ado, want to welcome Yaz Nunez. She acts as the director of programs for Soul Force, an 18-year-old organization that works to end spiritual violence against all LGBTQI people by confronting Christian supremacist institutions. In March of this year, the organization took to the road for two weeks through five southern states for the Beyond Equality Ride, a tour of Christian college campuses where LGBTQI students are harmed by spiritually violent policies, attitudes, and theologies. A very important conversation to have today. We welcome Yaz to Outspoken. Yaz, are you there? Yes. Hi, Jonathan. Hi, Sege. Hi. Thank you so much for taking time. Uh, I'm sure you are are very busy, so we appreciate you taking time (laughs) to be with us today. Absolutely. Let's start with, for our listeners, tell us what the purpose and goal of this youth LGBT activist group is. Yes, absolutely. So Soul Force does um, a lot in the world, and um, our goal in the world is to end spiritual violence. LGBTQI people, and that project is necessarily um, a project of discerning where it is exactly that, um, particularly Christian supremacy, because Christianity, um, I myself know um, as a person who identifies a lot from um, the ways that Christianity is the most prominent religion in the U.S., and was used to build the U.S., um, that Christianity has also been used and uh, many of your viewers understand as well the ways that biblical text and um, and Christian theologies are used to harm our people, um, mm-hmm. queer and trans people. And so our work uh, involves trying to figure out exactly how to do that work of um, of ending this particular kind of spiritual violence. Yeah, well, you you know, you talk about the Christianity aspect of it, and growing up as LGBT, uh, Christianity can be so rough on on a lot of people, especially when the closest uh, people to you preach against your existence. How does Soul Force exactly fight against uh, these damaging uh, religious theologies and dog uh, dogmatic problems, and yet still promote that level of spirituality within oneself? Where do you find the balance? Yeah, I mean the work is the work is twofold, really, mm-hmm. and um, we like to think about. Um, we have a, a slogan that we use internally, and that um, that spirit spirit and politics go together like like peanut butter and jelly and it's just the way that um it has to be in order to do activism that really um bolsters people's hearts and spirits um there are a lot of 
the work that we do looks two ways. Um, we do work that firstly confronts um, Christian supremacy and that kind of violence right at the source. And so the uh, Beyond Equality Ride is an example of ways that um, we train up young folks and, and all sorts of folks, but this project in particular focuses on youth. Mm-hmm. Um, and we uh, train folks up on biblical literacy and spiritual practice and take um, the joy that we build up within ourselves through these different kinds of spiritual practice and reclaiming um, scripture for those of us who identify as Christian, and then take it to the folks who do us harm. So that's one piece. And the other piece intrinsic to that is, um, you know, working with our folks on the ground to to work through scripture, all the scripture that's used to harm our people, um, to really take a look at it and not shy away from, like, what's hurting us at the source um, and ripping off the Band-Aid and really getting into um, how do we heal that wound and then take that to confront the folks who have harmed us in the first place and Mm -hmm. work to um, show them that we are so irresistible in our spirit and our, like, in our abundance um, that 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 is good and that is God's creation in its fullest. And, you know, this this, this work is, first of all, very complicated, and I'm sure not easy at all. Uh, Sergey and and I both come from a very religious background, so we understand understand the battle for sure. Do you believe that all religions can be accessible to us uh, in LGBTQI society? And do you think that they should be accessible to us? Um, that's a great question, and I'm really curious about about what y'all think as people who come from um, faith backgrounds that uh, were intense in that way, it sounds like. But I, um, yes, I do believe that when we're talking about, like, inclusion, it has been, it is clear in the abundance of, like, queer folks who share faith around the world um, that any scripture, any dogma has been used to um, affirm LGBT people's existences. Um, there's a lot of folks within different sects of Christianity and other religions, whether they are monotheistic or polytheistic, um, that LGBTQI people have always, forever, in the ways that we do, get real crappy and say, you know what, this is fine, and God wouldn't... I mean, there's a lot of ways to get about it, but that... Um, that my religion celebrates who I am. So that's really exciting. And mm-hmm. what we work to do is figure out with our people who are hurting, it's like, well, why exactly is it that, what are we fighting for here? Um, do we want to be included in institutions that harm us, or do we want to totally transform the entire institution um, and ensure that our people are safe? Now, I'm really curious, y'all. I, I don't know if I can ask y'all questions. Do I know it. I'm, I'm Go here for on the hot seat. But... <laughs> What are, what has been y'all's experience with spiritual violence? Is that a, is that a phrase that rings true for y'all? Oh goodness, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean it hits close to home. It's I think both Jonathan and I have uh, have been directly involved with spiritual violence, um, physical, emotional, and mental. And uh, I mean, this morning is just another sign of that. I know, um, and then it, you well, know, it's 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 a rough time. It is a rough time. And my dad was a Southern Baptist minister, and so. Oh, mm-hmm. I remember it. I remember it well. And and what I have a lot of respect for people who want to claim their spirituality and their religion as their their own. But I I think I'm in the skeptic camp. You know, I think both Sergey and I have had these conversations many times where I was just there came a moment because I you know we work and work so hard for acceptance, and I think I was just done. And then we wake up, of course, uh, 
this morning as we're mourning the horrific tragedy in Florida. Um, and that, of course, there's the whispers that it was a religious extremist who, who killed those 50 people and injured 53 others. Um, and, and that makes it harder. It makes it harder for me to trust, and I'm sure for all of us. And I'm thinking, does that also make your message harder? Or where do you find strength when, when something like this happens? Yeah, um, that is such a, an intense question and a great question. And um, my heart, too, is, is grieving um, for our people that were lost in that mm-hmm. shooting and how horrific to wake up to that news this morning. Um, yeah. Oh, my heart, when when the work is hard, which it often is, you know, um, a lot of the schools that we visited on the Beyond Equality ride were Southern oh, yeah. Baptist mm-hmm. schools, and um, that's a, that's a um, denomination that I... Um, I'm super familiar with growing yes, up in Virginia, yeah. um, and yeah. it, uh, it it was really hard, you know, to, to sort of, what it felt like butting heads, just mm-hmm. like going at it um, right. with people who did not believe that we ultimately, as people who um, did not deny our queerness or our faith um, yeah. or our gender expressions and, like, worked really hard to, like, be uh, explosive in, like, our showings of all of those things. Um that, yeah, that work was really hard to, to be, you know, told time and again that, that our bodies, our lives did not matter. Right. Um, and what, where I take excitement and draw energy and lifeblood from is really like um, when institutions fail us and when our people are killed on the street in cold blood, whether from relationship violence or from um, the horrific kind of violence that, that we saw last night happen, um, is in the resiliency of our people to, um, you know, I, I checked into Facebook this morning and um, all of my people are hurting, but it's just a rallying cry to keep going. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And that is so, it reminds me that our people, um, we may not be invincible, but ooh, we're strong. We're really right. strong and really crappy. And mm-hmm. it, it inspires me to keep going. Yeah, well, it it kind of has to be. It's it's, uh, yeah. it's for some of us. It's a wake up call. For some of us, it is that you know keep rallying on. It's the uh, look look what's happening. We have to fix this. Well, and honestly, in in June being Pride yeah. Month, the other thing that Pride should remind us of is we have Pride because of all that we have survived mm-hmm. till now. So it's actually uh, yeah. a good time to remember that there is still well, yeah there is still yeah. we are still a the lot, same people that survived stonewall yeah, a lot of uh, 1980s aids crisis and we will survive and grow from this as well mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. absolutely so yeah as you know uh there's within soul force i've noticed uh on your website and, and things like that you know there's a resistance to a lot of the uh, uh traditional dogmatic theology and a lot of the times vocabulary like saying you know uh, God, Jesus, and stuff like that. It's it's a lot of the divine and uh, more generic words like that. Uh, talk to us about the goal of you know this stance and how it's been helpful to your movement, uh, eliminating a lot of that dogma and theological, um, you know, vocabulary and stance. I guess. Absolutely. Um, so I, you know, I'm sure that um, y'all listeners are are sort of all over the place in terms of what you um, know and have experienced in different. Christian uh, denominations that accept LGBT people. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there are a lot of different ways of tackling the issue of like, what is spiritual violence and how do we, how do we end it for our people? Um, And so what we, um, the, the work that Soul Force does and and has 
uh, worked to do really hard in this 18 years um, is to ask folks, uh, not within denominations, but across it, to really expand their views of what God looks like based out of their own personal experience. Um, and so we, um, we resist having a formal theology of our own. We're not a church. We are, we are technically um, not a religious organization, but the work that we do um, with our, you know, we do programs with young people to sort of um, mm-hmm. work one-on-one with, with leaders in the South, uh, and these leaders went on the equality ride, but we work with these folks to construct sort of like, okay, so what have you learned about God? And to break those things down. So maybe it is, I learned that God is a 20-foot-tall, blue-eyed white <laughs> man in the sky sitting on a yep. cloud and throwing yep. down thunderbolts. Yeah. <laughs> and, yes. so, and so to name that um, and to identify, okay, so where does that hurt me? Well, maybe I am black or maybe I am trans. Mm-hmm. And so why does my God not look like me? And what does that have to do with the thunderbolts that are being thrown down at me? Um, right. And to work out of that lens to figure out, like, what is it that's hurting me? And what do I, in my spirit, when I, when I block out the noise of uh, what has been told to me about God and consider why those things may have been told to me about God, um, and build out a new theology for myself, mm-hmm. that is where power lies. That is where lies about the world can no longer hurt you, where lies about your own self-worth can no longer hurt you. Um, it is what we call the eradication of shame and fear, which is the goal of Soul Force, really, if you're asking about, like, what is, what is our purpose? It's to get rid of shame and fear. Um, and as y'all named, like, a lot of us are skeptical about religion because of the, the fear that we hurt. And so mm-hmm. our, our hope is that we can bring folks um, who may go to church every Sunday, or folks who may really not want to have anything to do with God and all that God stuff, which is, those are both super valid perspectives, mm-hmm. and come together to figure out where we can build power. Sure. See, and I think that's amazing. I have no doubt, and I, I, I definitely want to ask, but when you were going to the colleges, that I'm sure you probably have had some interesting altercations. But at the same time, I feel like you probably have this two-front kind of thing. You have, you know, those of us that are wounded and hurt uh, that you're you're trying to give freedom to. I'm sure I know that without even thinking I can be combative when it comes to religion. So I feel like is it do you have two fronts? You have the the Christian supremacy going on trying to to change from within and also maybe some uh, people that have been hurt by the church that also kind of get combated with you? Is it a two-pronged thing sometimes for you? Um, yeah, absolutely. It is It is always two-pronged. There are so many prongs, and we narrowed it down to those two, and, and y'all have really nicely, too, as well. <laughs> so tell me, so you guys go out, in March, was it? You guys go out on this, yes. this tour, and you're mm-hmm. going, I mean, talk about getting right in the fire. You're going directly to these <laughs> Christian colleges. What was the response? How were you welcomed? Or um, not, I well, guess. Well, <laughs> Soulforce, <laughs> often not. Well, it depends on who. So Soulforce uh-huh. um, is 18 years old, as y'all have named, mm. and for 10 years we've been doing this equality ride. So we started doing them in um, in 2006, was the very first equality ride. Oh, we wow, took yeah. a bus of 52 uh, youth activists and mm-hmm. went to, I believe, 30 maybe 30 schools in a year. Um, and that was in 2006 when, um, you know, Doma was still on the books right. and um, mm-hmm. colleges, none of the Christian college campuses um, 
typically even allowed LGBT students to um, to access any resources about gender and sexuality, um, to allow students... I mean, there are lots of bans, right? If you're caught um, having sex or um, being involved or being e- even in a relationship or having an inkling that you might be queer or trans, mm-hmm. you were booted out. Um, exactly. And that was just what it was, the, the status quo and so forth. Um, when I was... Uh, I must have been 13 and like not aware of what was going on at all, but at that time um, decided that that was going to be the fight. So went to schools, um, particularly because we saw how schools were connected to a lot of the um, religious uh, right at mm-hmm. the time and where like they received money and power and their thoughts from. Um, and so we went to those schools and protested and asked to be let on campus and asked to have a conversation with students um, and were repeatedly turned away. And students and faculty and staff sometimes would see us um, uh, working through a nonviolence perspective, which means we weren't shouting, let us in. We weren't doing this or that. We were simply ask, either asking to come on campus or putting out maybe vigils sometimes for students that had been lost or for queer and trans people that had been murdered that year, and we would be arrested or shut down or thrown off campus um, in in ways that really were culture changes at the time Mm -hmm. in 2006 Mm -hmm. that students would see. And still to this day, we get probably an email a month that is from a student from 10 years ago that is like, you may not, you know, you may not remember me, you may not remember this stop, but in 2008, y'all came to my school, Brigham Young University in oh. um, Utah, and uh, at the time, I saw you people get arrested, and I thought, why on earth would you do that? But today, I am, like, happily partnered to my longtime oh. husband, mm-hmm. uh, and, and have come out, and I'm so happy with my relationship with God, and I'm grateful that y'all came. Um, wow. And it is it is something that just is a big culture change and uh, pressures institutions to change yeah. their policies. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this year, we went and forgive me if I'm going on way oh, too so long. No, I'm you're fine. About this forever. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. And so this year, um, we all that to say we have a reputation with Christian college campuses. Um, which has afforded us a lot of um, actually relationship with schools where the people on the ride may never have talked to um, an administrator at a school or a student at a school, but they knew who Soulforce was immediately, and they knew our story, and they knew that when I reached out to these schools um, months prior to say, you know, we're coming on campus, um, and uh, we would love to be invited on campus, and if we're not invited on campus, then we um, will negotiate, like, what happens um, with the intention of, like, I mean, the, the, the statement is, like, we're coming on campus. Are you going to invite us or not? Right. And some of the schools said, yes, we will invite you on campus. Oh, wow. Why don't you talk to this uh, student group, or mm-hmm. you can be on this very small um, plot of land on campus, um, right. Right. sort of in, in the hopes of... Uh, on one hand, maybe fostering a dialogue that is compelling for students and has students engaging with questions of faith, or may also be, and sometimes it's unclear, may also be a way to make sure that we don't, you know, make trouble on campus right, um, and sure. make a make a scene and make a protest. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so sometimes we're welcome. Sometimes we were not, um, but we went. We went to, uh, I believe it was seven different schools, um, and... No matter what, though, whether the administration welcomed us on campus or whether they were hostile to us, students would always find ways to reach out to us and welcome us and say thank you, oftentimes 
at some of the most religious schools, some of the Southern Baptist schools, particularly in the Deep South, um, they would have to use separate email accounts. They would have to be super anonymous to ensure yeah, that they weren't right. going to get kicked out of school. Um, but the very least, just say thank you. Like, thank mm-hmm. you for coming. Um, I am too afraid to show up to this thing you're going to do, but thank you so much. And I hope that you are safe and that nobody hurts you. Yeah. And oh. that's, it's such important work because, you know, these kids, a lot of the times they don't see, you know, how someone is helping or what they can do or, you know, the message that you're delivering. And so going to schools uninvited or invited is so right. key and important. And I love that. How can how can people who want to do this great work get involved with Soul Force, uh, with this uh, equality ride, with any part of it? Um, yeah, so there are a lot of different ways to get involved. And I'll mm-hmm. add also that the work is really important because it does that culture change, but right. it also does that legislative change. So um, mm-hmm. even on small scales, in the since we began doing the Equality Ride, 32 different schools have changed their anti-LGBT policies to be wow. more inclusive or to take them off the books entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, and so us, alongside many other organizations that have been doing work against the religious right, have really um, done some, some really big work there in that arena and why that's important to people who are not in schools um, and even people who are not religious is because a lot of those schools are testing grounds for policies. So, for example, um, a lot of the schools right now that have filed for exemptions to Title IX, which is a federal protection um, to protect uh, students across lines of gender. um, Mm -hmm. And Title IX has been a conversation, particularly around HB2 in North Carolina, Mm -hmm. and a question of... um, is uh, HB2 in violation of Title IX at the um, UNC schools. Um, And so Title IX, uh, religious colleges can file for exemptions. And since the Obama administration a couple of years ago filed that um, Title IX could be extended to trans students, so trans students could not be discriminated on the the basis of gender expression, Mm -hmm. Um, schools have en masse filed for waivers. And it is, um, and we have found links that tie that same sort of like blanket legislation at schools to the same legislation that is happening in Mississippi and North Carolina. Right. And so the us challenging this um these uh different sorts of power is super important, whether it's at Christian college campuses or at the state level. So that is my political soapbox. As far as how folks can get involved (laughs) as far as folks can get involved, um there are a lot of different ways. So the ride um happens on an irregular basis and um but what is really important about that work in particular is that we have trained young people so i have Mm -hmm. a couple of different um plugs that i'm going to make today the first one is for our movement fellowship um it is a year-long training program from for soul force where we recruit four to eight students from or young people between the ages of 18 and 24 um who are in the south who identify as lgbt to um, come along with us for a year's worth of biblical literacy training um, and doing that spiritual work that I had named earlier of transforming yourself and then working to transform the, the community around you through uh, a spiritual transformation. Um, and so we are currently seeking applicants for that. The application is due in three days, and it is like 10 minutes to do. Um, if you live anywhere in the South and are a young person, I encourage you. The, we've heard that this work is life-changing. Um, and so please go to our website, soforce.org, and um, the application is right there. We are also um, inviting new folks in. We are super excited to um, always be inviting new folks into the cadre of Soulforce. 
Um, and so we are running a campaign right now just trying to figure out, like, what skills the people have that they want to bring to this work of the of the ride and to all this other um, spiritual reclamation work. So um, the URL, and um, I will send it to y'all if you don't already have it, is soulforce.org forward slash abundance. Mm-hmm. Um, and anybody who wants to tell us exactly what it is that they want to offer to Soulforce, all, all help is needed from artistic skills to being able to lend your room out when we're visiting on the ride um, to being able to just like share our stuff on social media. We really need folks of all sorts to come forward and, and to help us do this work. Um, we also do work often with Christian college campus students who are organizing. So if you are at a school, um, please get in contact with us on our website. Or um, we are doing a lot of work with this Title IX stuff right now. And mm-hmm. um, there is lots of legislation being passed in California in particular right now. And we always need hands to help send the letters of support for um, legislation that's trying to be passed or to really boost something along those lines so a million different ways please visit our website if you'd like to contact me i think my information is on the outspoken page it is. um mm-hmm. and we're a small staff and i'm super excited to reach out and talk to anybody who wants to know more about soul Forest. and that website will be on our uh website and our facebook and we'll post it on twitter so people definitely get, and i have to say involved. Yes, your passion is palpable. Yeah, it is. And that's amazing. I think leadership in any uh-huh. any kind needs to have the passion that people can can feel. So and I have to tell you, even no matter where I stand on religion, the fact is your work is important because our spirituality and religion should be an option for all of us, not just some of us. And so Best of luck as you continue what is not easy work at all. Um, but going to the front lines, it's I respect a lot uh, when people are willing to put themselves out there. So, yes, thanks for sharing with Outspoken today. Thank you so much for having me today. I hope you all have a great day. You too. You, too. you have a great day. And if you just joined us, that was Yaz Nunez. She is the director of programs for Soul Force, which, you know, one of the things I appreciate about Soul Force is they understand one big truth which is religion plays such a major part of our society, of politics. And basically, they're trying to say, listen, if you want your spirituality, if you want your religion, you have a right to it as a human being. Um, And we're going to go out there and have those hard conversations with the people involved Mm -hmm. uh, to make the changes. I love that. She's very passionate. Yeah. And that that is so very She absolutely is. And speaking of religion, uh, one of our... Uh, Underwriters is a religious organization. Non-dogmatic. Non-dogmatic that you can go to um, if if, uh, you are looking for an open religious place. And that is Outspoken receives support from the Unitarian Universalist Church of Spokane, serving the community with a non-dogmatic religious environment, welcoming all people regardless of race, sexual orientation, gender identity, or physical ability. Information online at uuspokane.org or 509-325-6383. And speaking of equality, Outspoken receives support from the Northwest Fair Housing Alliance, a local nonprofit that provides education, counseling, and advocacy to help eliminate housing discrimination and ensure equal housing opportunity. Information available at 1-800-200-8255.
Fair and online at nwfairhouse.org. Outspoken is funded in part by the Pride Foundation. For more information, visit pridefoundation.org. Outspoken receives support from Nine Bar and Bistro, featuring a full bar, food menu, and trivia on Thursday nights. Located at 232 West Sprague Avenue, more information is available at 509-747-1621. And we are going to take a quick song break here, and we're going to listen to uh, Edge of Seventeens by Stevie Nicks. You are back with KYRS Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM, and this is Outspoken. And the boys are back. If you uh, missed the first hour, you're going to want to catch it later this week as we had on a rep from, uh, actually, the program director from Mm -hmm. Soul Force, Yaz Nunez, who is doing a lot of heavy work when it comes to going to Christian schools in the South and challenging them on their anti-LGBTQI discrimination policies. She mentioned... Um, she mentioned people getting in trouble and being able to mm-hmm. get booted out. The truth of that is I, I lived in Tulsa for a while, Oral, home of Oral Roberts University. You have to sign a contract to go into that school stating that you will not have sexual activity with anyone. You definitely won't have sexual activity with the same sex. You will not be gay. You will not uh, show gay affection to each I mean, it's very, and they will kick you out. And I've, I've known people yeah. who have been kicked out. And actually, a very big majority of Christian schools do have that. And of course, she talked about Title IX, which is being religious schools everywhere trying to get exempted from that because, of course, it was originally put into effect that it was to make equality for uh, for both gender athletes, male and female, yeah. to have, uh, you know, they both have the same opportunities afforded them and of course the Obama administration as she mentioned uh, brought in trans people into that Uh, schools left and right are wanting to be exempted so that they can that's what's crazy to me I want to be exempted so that I can be prejudiced against people how does that work right I want I want I want to not follow the rules and be fair to everyone well it's 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 the it's what's happening right now uh, RFRA is all over. It's the religious it's, trend. Yeah. 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 And Title IX, the reason schools are so involved in that is because it affects any institution that gets federal dollars. Yeah. So, and of course, schools do. So that's my other thing. If Hey, if you're a Christian organization and you get federal money, yeah. then you better play by federal rules. Exactly. Period. And if you don't want to play by federal rules, don't get federal that's money. That's what I think about RFRAs as well. Absolutely. If you're going to do a business in public, yeah. then you got to do business in public. Exactly. You public don't get to make special get, yeah. rules for you yep, yep, because yep. you have accused the LGBT community for decades of yep. wanting special rights. But that's yep. exactly what you're asking for. You're asking for special rights. Exactly. Intense first hour. You know, and I, I applaud... Soul Force and especially Yaz uh, for their good work because um, religion, you and I both know, it hits hard oh. for us. It it, it um, isn't the friendliest topic, and for a lot of people, that is that that's the same because you know so much discrimination, so much hurt, so much pain can come from so growing up as mm-hmm. an LGBT uh, young person with religion around you, especially yeah. the harsh dogmatic religion you and I have faced. Exactly. Um, well, and we don't, you know, uh, violence that is uh, explicit is one thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's horrible. But we forget that there is spiritual violence yeah. on the psyche. I had my sister contact me about six months ago and say, for the first time, I realized how painful it must have been for you to grow up and hear dad say the things that he did in the pulpit mm-hmm. about gay people. Yeah. He used to say, you're their extension, God's nostrils, all these things. And she goes, for the first time, I realized that had to be horrific, and I wanted to say, I'm sorry. 
Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. That is a big um, deal. And also, my sister didn't need to say she was sorry. Yeah. She was not my father. And I mm-hmm. love my father. But the fact is, that happens to kids every day. Still. Every day. And we in hide our very behind. Mm-hmm. We, our families hide behind this right because they're doing what is best for their child. No, you are hurting your child. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Yeah. That's and it. so I, yeah, Bottom I'm line. amazed at what she's doing. But like I told her, I bet she gets backlash from people who are oh, yeah. what I would call survivors of religion. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, I let's face it, I spirituality is my own now, but I have definitely rejected any form of any form Structured of organized religion. religion. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's I think that's another key thing about soul force is that they uh, allow yourself. They they want you to allow yourself to embrace spirituality right. as your own and however you need it without the structure of organized exactly. religion, without the dogma, without exactly. any of, you know, the theology behind it. And I think that is so key and important. Right. And having spirituality, not having spirituality, it doesn't matter. Both are valid. Mm-hmm. It's 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 yours. But just own it. And without the fear, because so for so long, both you and I, mm-hmm. I have had fear. I still have a lot of fear of religion. I still oh, yeah. have. You know, there's there. It's layered deep, especially when you grow up in such a you know negative space yes. for yourself. Yeah, and when that has been heaped upon yeah. you for so and long, it's, and it's hard. And it here's hard. Like I told uh, her, I love that the fact is. Religion and spirituality should be an option for everyone, it not just be, specific yeah. people. So whether I choose to take part mm-hmm. in a religion, um, that should not be a reason that I that I cannot. We've, of course, spoken to, like, Matthew Vines, God yeah. and the Gay Christian is his book that was out. Um, we've also spoken to Greta, who is a world-renowned mm-hmm. atheist. Um, it's it's definitely a horizon that is still fraught yeah. with, with battles. They yeah, need to be done. So absolutely. more power to the people absolutely. who are jumping in there. It's a yeah. lot to deal with, especially this morning, as we mentioned, with the tragedy in uh, Florida, whispered to be a religious extremist, to think, here's and the thing, I would much rather have a verbal argument or conversation yes, yeah. with someone knowing we are civil human beings uh, than right. this ridiculousness that says that you think you have a right to kill people because of your religion. You do not. You don't. That is a right you don't get. No, nobody has the right to kill anybody. I mean, we have so forgotten how to disagree civilly. We have mm-hmm. so forgotten how to, you know, just have a conversation and say, this is why I think you are wrong. This is right. What, I mean, here's the thing. That's one thing is disagreeing with someone. Another is going out, killing all these people. I mean, it's yeah, just to it's violently ridiculous hurt them. that we... And we have given people these opportunities to do that. Yes. Is, is the thing we keep giving them opportunities. And I think we've created our, our a gun culture. laws here are crazy. Our culture here is crazy. I mean, why is this still happening? Yeah. Why it's is the culture? 2016. Why does the culture have to be that way? If equality is for everyone, as yeah. our constitution says, why do we have the right to go to court? And s- first of all, we shouldn't have had to fight for the right to get married. No, it we should have just always have. been ours. Yeah. The other side should not be have the right to go and fight that they should be able to be uh, prejudiced. Mm-hmm. How do it, it's contradictory and mm-hmm. it's tearing, it's about tearing people apart, not about bringing us together. And I think we have created a culture in our country that allows these things to happen, mm-hmm. that allows for us to think that we look at the protests at any of that. We've talked about it last week at the Trump campaign, at, at the Hillary campaign, at the Bernie campaign, where instead we use violence to hurt each other instead of just going, you know, what, I don't agree with this person. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to vote. That's your voice, your vote. I'm not going to vote for this person. 
instead you choose violence, right. that's a problem that right. and and the problem is we can't blame one side or the other because it seems to be equally it's, across yeah, the board. Yeah, it's I mean it's it's here. Violence is across the board. Yeah. And you know, with this morning, everything is pointing to some uh, uh Islamic extremism. Yeah. Um it's pointing to an anti gay uh LGBT attack. And so, mm-hmm. you know, these kinds of things I still don't understand how we haven't gotten this under control. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a big deal. Um and it's it's not an isolated incident. No. I mean, this is happening across the world. It's happening it in our own country multiple times and in the last year. And how many times even beyond that it was at our very own community? How many shooting how many children have to die how many how yeah. many people have to die how many mass shootings need to happen yeah. before we realize like it or not we need to do something about it there needs to be gun control mm-hmm. and there needs to be something has to change and you can say it doesn't have to be with gun control or it does the fact is that's not the point the point is something has to change so where do we change it because us just saying oh it just keeps happening and then going about our lives doesn't fix the problem yeah. and i'm tired of us fighting about you're too taking away my guns instead of what's going on. Yeah. Because what happens when it's your neighbor, your child, your and mother, here's the your thing. father? That's what exactly right. Then? You know, in San Bernardino, one of my closest friends who I grew up with in high school was going to school in San Bernardino at that time. This happened miles away from her. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, I was worried for her safety. Absolutely. Yeah. She was on lockdown in school, in her dorm. The killer could have come into campus and shot her down. I mean, yeah. it is real people. This is going to affect you at some point or another, mm-hmm. whether it's your community, whether it's like you said, your friend, your neighbor, your brother. This is affecting you unless we do something about it. Yeah. Sooner and no or later. more, it's not about devising and saying, oh, I'm just going to fight about this. Yeah. Your fight means nothing because people are still and dying. Exactly. And while, you know, there is... A, you know, a lot of blame going on. There's a lot of, you know... That's all we ever do. He said, she said, this is who done it. While it's important to know the source of the conflict, the bigger point is to fix it. Yeah. The bigger point is to fix it. And yeah. we can't, you know, we can't seem to agree on how to do that. Right. And that is where it comes down. Yeah. And until that day happens, we are continuing to incite each other. Yes. And the only way, apparently, a lot of us know how to react to to anything is to verbally attack mm-hmm. each other, to mm-hmm. approach each other in this this so aggressive way. Yeah. We have to change that. I remember way back when I was uh, in my 20s and Columbine happened in Colorado and those two young men yeah. killed so many of their classmates and how I remember being taken aback by the, that the conversation afterwards was about whose fault was it. It yeah. wasn't about how do we make it to there where this can't happen again. And now, some 20 years later, it's the same conversation and nothing has changed. Right? Nothing. How? Here's the thing. How many times has President Obama gone up to make a statement to say this is unacceptable? This is not what we do in our country. We need gun control. He's done that so many times in eight years. Exactly. He's done that multiple times in every year. Mm-hmm. Why is it Why when can't we... Trump makes a speech and yeah. he actually just says one sentence, I will make sure we that the government cannot take away your guns. How did that fix anything? It didn't. That actually wasn't even the conversation. No. But that's the way he addresses these problems. That's We're missing mm-hmm. the point. Mm-hmm. I listened to New Zealand had, I don't know, a year or two ago had a... No, a few years ago, had a horrible shooting in a mall. And um, I listened to interviews with people who were there who survived it because they pretended to be dead. Because there was blood on their face from their friends who had had their 
head's blown off. The guy said, it's, I'm very, all I remember is one second they had a head and the next second it was gone. Like their head was gone. Um, and he said, and I was covered with blood. And because I was covered with blood, I chose to stay still and they assumed I was dead. This is happening everywhere. Yeah. We have to fix it. We, we have do. to stop fighting long enough to find, stop concentrating on what makes us different. Mm-hmm. And, but what brings us together? Maya Angelou famously said it. We need to look at what makes us more alike because we are more alike than we are unalike. But we forget that so many times. Yeah. And we've lost all humanity in it. How can we see we someone and just just look at them as a target? Mm-hmm. That is, that's just unacceptable. You dehumanize them. You, you do. Yeah. You do. Just to give yourself a reason to justify what you plan to do. But that should never be... Mm-hmm even an option in your head Mm -hmm. but there you are yeah and we'll get back to talking more about this uh let's let's take a little break um more of a light-hearted conversation coming up with robbie turner here uh let's take a song break uh with the song can you feel it by the jackson five you are back with kyrs medical lake spokane 88.1 and 92.3 fm and this is outspoken we are back and in just a little bit. We are going to be talking to Robbie Turner off of season eight of RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, and that's going to be exciting. Our very own Seattle queen uh, that was on this season. So that's fun. And yes, if another you of the, well, Jinx Monsoon is from Jinx Seattle. Jinx Monsoon Bindo is. Krim, mm-hmm. Magnolia Crawford. So another of the great representatives of our Yes. Yes. So that'll be exciting. Um, Jonathan, you watched uh, at least part of season eight. All I of season did. Eight. And it was I got to see mm-hmm. the iconic moment of the roller skates. Oh, my gosh. And that was really, yeah, her uh, her moment. The first and only Robbie's queen to moment. date that has roller skated uh, into our hearts on yeah. the runway. Yeah. Right. Maybe broken a light bulb on stage. Maybe. That's all right. right. That's all right. Which I just think is like an exclamation point to how fabulous that was. Yeah. Right. I'm just saying. How I mean, that's f- the way to do it. She's just like, <laughs> kick it. Yeah, exactly. That's what you remember me. <laughs> right. But, you know, as the seasons go forward, there are more and more people to live up to. There And are. I'm interested in speaking to Robbie yeah, about and, that. And I mean, it was, I thought it was a great season. Um, you know, all of the queens were, were uh, more or less well-rounded and, you know, it was it was an interesting. Personally, last season was not as impressive to me, so it was nice to see uh, a revival of RuPaul's um, yeah. Andres. Season seven wasn't as good as season eight, yeah, for sure. I want to know. So then we're going to get down to the nitty gritty oh, yes, and be like, "Do you think Bob was the right?" And winner? that's now you know, I know what I question. think, but I want to know because you know. Yeah. Robbie was there. Well, aside from Robbie saying that she was the right way, uh, right, <laughs> right winner, right. who you right. know, who of the top three, who of the top three, exactly, was the right winner, you know? exactly. So we will so. be bringing you Robbie Turner. I also want to know what yeah. makes you choose the drag name Robbie Turner. Yeah, because like, not, of course, not the actual name no. uh, of uh, Robbie Turner. So yeah. I'm curious. I mean, because it's you know, you think of drag names and then you don't think of you know what Robbie. Robbie, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, she embodies it. And the whole way it works, but, right? You know what's funny is Hysterical. I was thinking about it. This year there are a lot more uh, non-traditional drag names. I mean, there Robbie you go, non-traditional. Turner, Bob, the drag, uh, Bob queen. the drag queen, even um, D- Derek was just Derek. You know, right? I mean, these right. names that were basically just boy names that were you know drag know, names, but they were. So it was interesting because I was I like, know. huh, Inter- even Dax. I would think I don't know if Dax is a girl or 
guy name, but Dax excla- exclamation Excl- point was well. Was first, it already is just not a non is it non traditional exactly. Name. First there of all, you your go. last name is exclamation exclamation point. point. So, so there's you know, a lot. A I lot mean, it's on. all about the statement. So Thorgy Thor, Thorgy Thor, Thorgy, one Thor. of my favorites. I'm interested in talking to Robbie. It's going to be a lighter uh, a lighter moment because yes. you know we need to to. Create some levity exactly. as we, we move exactly. forward. As we stated, uh, we will finish out the show um, with some conversations, conversations that yep. you are more than welcome as mm-hmm. listeners to take part in, whether you write in to mm-hmm. us via Facebook or whether you call the studio line. We would love to hear from you. But yep. until then, I'm kind of excited for this. Yeah. First of all, we are we love we, RuPaul Drag Race. We love it. We'll watch it religiously. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one point this year that we started doing a weekly uh, viewing where we would come we did. through. It's but hard to keep that up. Yeah, but um, I, it's hard to keep it up. Like you said, it's... it's well, you maybe know. not that. I didn't say that sentence, but... <laughs> I think it's hard to keep it up. Is it? Yeah, even it at, is. Even at your with age. A, with wow. a lot of people there, it really is hard to keep it up. Um, schedules differ. So yeah, schedules just, just, differ. Uh, just going to leave it at that. we're going to be. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, until then, we're mm-hmm. just going to kind of, you know... Chill out. I think this is a, take a little relaxing. I think this is a, a good moment break. to talk to Houston about something going on. To be honest, now Houston broke some news to you he, and I. Yeah, he when did. we went and visited him at the awesome plant, Manitou plant sale, right, mm-hmm. Houston? I love plants. There's this yeah. little love. <laughs> I believe that line too. Look, he's good. like, I love plants. Mm. Is that Houston, convincing enough? <laughs> yeah, I found you there with your mom, and I got to say hi to you both. But there was this little twinkle in Houston's eye. Yeah, I'm like he's got something. <laughs> I have news. News? Tell, tell, tell us. the news. Uh, Spill the tea. Yeah. Oh. Spill the tea. Yeah. Huh? What's the tea? On uh, Monday, I got a call uh, for an interview mm-hmm. at iHeartMedia. iHeartMedia. Now, that's Media. big time for it everybody who time. doesn't know. They run, like, across the nation, they radio run so many radio yeah, programs. They're yeah. huge. They're Ryan Seacrest is part of, mm-hmm. uh, of iHeartRadio. Yeah. So. Yep. They, they do run... music events everywhere. Oh, yes. Yeah. They're oh, huge. They don't are they massive. Have, don't they do their own music? They do. Festival. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Festival. Yeah. It's gigantic. They bring festival, in the biggest yeah. names. They do. They really um, do. Lady Gaga's been there. Katy Perry. I mean, yeah. huge names. Justin Bieber's Pink. been there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, maybe absolutely. I don't want to work for them. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us. So you got called for an interview. Yeah. yeah. And so I had the interview on Tuesday. Ah, over the phone? No. In, in person. person. I got to go into in person. the... Oh. The whole building. That's oh my amazing. god! Look they at allowed you. him in. They allowed okay. me in. All right. Okay. It was big time. I wasn't nervous, which was uh, yeah. nice. Nice. Yeah. But uh, the whole interview is pretty much just a, a half-hour conversation mm-hmm. about how awesome you are. You're yeah. Like, yeah. Well, you know. right. Well, it's not hard to have. <laughs> no. I mean, the you know the only actual interview question they asked was, "Do I have a clean driving record?" Right. Okay. And, and you're it, like, if I don't, my dad will be right here. Yeah. Naturally, <laughs> I can say yes. Good. <laughs> Clean driving. It's like okay. I'm no Debbie. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he was he was really curious about um, what I do here, right, on your show, and then what I did I mean, down as, at WSU, as okay. everyone should be. I mean, it's, I'm not gonna you know, lie to you. I said I don't do much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. I hope that wasn't your actual answer. <laughs> right. I don't want to lie. We would like to be selfish and be like, oh my god, look what. Look what we have helped with. We're just going to take it. <laughs> take the cake. Take I mean, you can because he said that, you know. That's amazing. Working, working on Outspoken, he's like, that's radio yeah, uh, knowledge experience. that yeah. you right? can bring. And he said that yeah. I need someone 
or not that I need, but we would like right. someone that knows their way around the studio right? already. There you exactly. go. Exactly. That's and you're me. Like, oh, I've done I two just shows. shows. Two shows. One of your best decisions ever was a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> when you came and interviewed, you got your own show? Yep. Down right. at KUGR. Yep. Cougar down Radio. in Pullman. Cougar and got this great interview that, I'm sorry, you would be amazing. iHeart Media. Wow. by chance, the mm-hmm. man who interviewed you is listening right now. Matt. Houston is amazing. Yes. Matt, Houston is amazing. He's really good at what he does, and we are thrilled that we have had him for, for as yeah. long as we have. Yeah. So well, definitely you. hire him. I mean, him. hear how the boards are running so smoothly today? Props uh, to Houston over exactly. here. Houston, our man. That's Houston, me. our man. Yeah, there was a funny, was there a funny story with the phone call or? Oh, yeah. Yes. Let's hear, <laughs> let's hear this. So, uh, okay. So he calls, he calls, but where I live I don't have that uh, good a cell phone service. Right, because you live out by a lake. I li- Yes, and yeah. I was currently on the lake. Which oh, okay. is by a lake. Okay. He's right there. He's yep. his right on it. backyard yeah. is the lake. Yes, yeah. I live on a boat. I live on a paddle boat. Yeah. Right, right, that's it. <laughs> I live in a canoe. It's fine. <laughs> Let's make it smaller and smaller. <laughs> I have a kayak, so yeah. there's just this yeah. little hole. A life raft. It's fine. A life raft. A buoy. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish the story. <laughs> and so I don't get the voicemail until... Four uh-huh. hours later. Oh my after, god! And so I did. I had to call the next day. This yeah. might have been uh, a poor cho- a poor choice by me because as soon as I wake up the next day, I'm like, okay, I'll call him back. Your mind needs to wake up a little bit. Yes, yes. Before yes. you make a phone call, <laughs> right? But I was too excited to call him. Right. You're like, <laughs> who is this? I'll so call. I dial it up, and it goes to his voicemail. I'm like, hey, this is Houston Tilly. Uh, you called me for an interview. I'm just calling back. Um, I'll try and call again, but if you need to call me, my phone number is 509. I forgot my phone number. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to look it up and that scramble would be aw- to it. You had awesome to look it up? I had to look up my own phone number. How do you forget your own phone number? <laughs> you were nervous. You don't it's, call yourself. Uh, that's Well... That's true, but you do you not give Sarah's your phone like, number? I, do, I, I mean, my, my <laughs> only I want my uh, phone number to be. I forgot my phone number. Hey, there you go. That oh, would be really really true. My only defense is that I, you know, got a new number a couple months ago. Oh, okay. There you go. There you go. But I still should know my you phone. You should probably yeah. know it your phone so, number. Because then I was I was looking through and I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. Where's my phone number? Okay. Okay, it's this. Blah blah blah. And then I didn't know how to end the voicemail. Oh yeah. my gosh! Yeah, and yeah, so I, awkward. I really stumbled over my words. Hang so on. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, this like is it. Dropping so, the mic. Goodbye. Yeah. So, it's like dropping. I it's like fumbling like the mic out of your hands. Exactly. Is, is exactly. what it's like. It was pretty bad. But so, you don't hear anything until this week, correct? Right. He's supposed to call sometime Ooh, this week. Okay. The cool, part, the cool thing about the part, the position is that I'll be around Spokane because it's a lot of the remotes. Yes, exactly. So you can still stay here and intern with us? Exactly. And yes. people can see me anywhere in Spokane. Right? That's Come awesome. say hi. You're going to be mad, awesome. famous. Mad, mad famous. Mad famous. To go back to the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> mad famous. Early 2000s. Very, whatever. very excited. Yeah. Anyways, we're excited. So next week you can tell us. Yeah. Obviously, it'll be the good news yeah. by then. Yep. Come on. But see, I just want to remind all of our listeners that this is what happens when you get to intern at With Outspoken. Outspoken. So, you know, maybe yeah. you should want to do that. Maybe, maybe you, you should. should email us and say, I want to be an intern as fabulous mm-hmm. as Houston. The Houston Tillmaster. Right. Exactly. That's me. Yeah, that is it. Okay, guys, it is that time of our show. We are going to be welcoming 
the inevitable, the amazing, the amazing Robbie Turner. Uh, Robbie Turner is the classic Hollywood glamour queen from season eight of RuPaul's Drag Race. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. She reigns from the Pacific Northwest's drag capital, Seattle, and has brought her fashion to L.A. studios and beyond. Now Robbie is taking a stop in her home state of Washington here on Outspoken. Join us now as we talk to Robbie Turner. Robbie, are you there? I'm here. Oh, hey, you're here. Love you it. Are here. Welcome. Yeah, I hey, I know you. I know all the queens are busy. I know you are frantically busy. So thank you so much for taking time out. I mean, with the fabulous boys, but that's still effort. Yeah. So <laughs> that's amazing, Robbie. Well, I appreciate it. Let's just get right into it. So we're going to address your biggest source of appeal: your fashion. Obviously, it's a you know definitely a classic approach to drag with styles being brought back from history. Where did you find this inspiration for being the classic Hollywood era drag queen? Um, you know, it's kind of silly. My mother really basically only allowed us to watch old classic Hollywood films. Uh-huh. I didn't realize they were old. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I was always used to dressing in vintage clothing because we were poor. So okay, right. <laughs> uh, in a weird way, I was like, this is how people dress. Like, this is how women dress and whatnot. So in a turn of events, I had uh-huh. no intention on becoming a drag queen. But that's what happened. It found you. That's how the calling works, I hear. Right. Yeah. It's like becoming a nun. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> well, you know, in the words of Bob the Drag Queen, most queens either start doing drag at Pride or they debut at Halloween. So what was your story? Um, Mine was uh, oddly a, a benefit show. Okay. <laughs> that, um, I mean, was definitely gay fundraising. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, that led up to Pride um, I, is where I ended up getting more. I kept getting gigs gotcha. leading up to that. Yeah. So yeah, I guess I guess I'm kind of leaning you, toward the Pride. Side. You're the Pride Queen. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was building up to the Pride, and then you made your big debut Pride. Right. I love it. When did you kind know? Of, yeah. When did you get drawn to drag? When did that the bug of actually doing the performing? When did that hit you? Never. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I um, I did the benefit show for a friend because I was sleeping on his couch, and his uh, his drag queen performer mm-hmm. uh, dropped out the night of the show. Oh, and oh so my he gosh. had three hours to find somebody new, and was freaking out. And he was like, "You can do this. You you know do theater." And I was like, "I am not a drag queen." <laughs> and uh, then I did the gig because I felt bad, uh-huh. and he was like, "It's money, and kind of owe me money." <laughs> and I was yeah. like, "Oh." you're right and i couldn't find a job at the time mm-hmm. so drag found me oh i love it so, so it was and just, hey and yeah. it paid the rent it so. did it was, it was a quick it tuck it and did. get out it okay. paid <laughs> rent and then i was immediately offered another job oh, and good. then another job after the, wow. the next show and another and it just kept happening until um i was asked to host the main stage of pride in seattle Oh my god! It was very fast. Yeah, it was within weeks, and then I moved here because I was um, working so regularly. Uh huh. Oh well, see, that's every Amazing. queen's dream. So you're you had the you really did skyrocket to fame. <laughs> well, I mean, well, <laughs> so Robbie, so it was a little slow skyrocket. Yeah, <laughs> it was. A, it was yeah. a, 
I love it. It was a launch with such uh, memorable Seattle queens before you, like Jinx Monsoon, Bendela, of course, Magnolia Crawford. Uh, did you feel extra pressure uh, to represent Seattle and the Pacific Northwest? Yeah, I mean, it was brought up a lot. Yeah. Which, like, I didn't have that pressure until I arrived. <laughs> right. And then everyone was like, oh, well, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> these other queens. And I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, I guess, okay, huh. <laughs> Yeah, you're like great. I was feeling really <laughs> relaxed, but thank uh-huh. you. I right, it. I was like, gosh, I had a pedicure before I got here, a manicure. <laughs> I, was, I did a clay mask, uh, and now you're telling me like, right? oh, these other people didn't do those things. Yeah, they were here first. <laughs> right? and I'm like, ah. great. Oh. Now, what surprised you about the experience? Um, you know, I, I think like even when you do drag. You assume that, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it does take time, obviously. Like, they clearly cut time away so you can be like, oh, they're out of drag. Suddenly they're in drag. Right, Right. yeah. So, um, for me, I guess the biggest, it was still the time. It was like you would get an hour to do things that in normal time take three. Oh, okay. um, It was it was a lot and it's confusing. And, um, you know, there's that episode where Bob is like, we had 15 minutes to be fully dressed and yes. in makeup. And he was like, impossible. <laughs> yes. Yes. And it was possible. And yeah. They might've given him an extra three minutes, Yeah, but he had to make it work. And wow. there were many of those moments for each of us where it was horrifying. Yeah, absolutely. You have that time time crunch, and it's like, come on, come on. I would be a oh nervous wreck. I, I, I would. <laughs> right. I, I would just I come would just out, well, jump and, out and of the nearest window. Yeah. You don't take into consideration. Yeah, like, right. You know, your machine might like you right. might run out of thread. True. You might, True. you know, it might just you know be faulty for a moment, yeah. and then you have to fix it because you know, <laughs> yeah. There's a, a lot of other things just you know yeah keep going keep going keep going right and sometimes they work against you and sometimes they work for you mm-hmm. yeah and there were a lot of those on this season so you know in the workroom you spend so much time with the same people you know and you spend time with uh big personalities you can either be a bonding experience or it can be an explosive mess uh throughout your experience on season eight were there any lasting friendships or rivalries even to that last to this day you know oddly uh I got along with everybody right away. Um, and I think that that might have been troublesome for yeah. the producers. <laughs> yeah. uh, because, you know, you put 12 drag queens in a room and you expect right. uh-huh. explosive behavior. But we didn't right. do that right away. Everybody was kind of like, oh, your drag is different than mine. But I like it. It's different. It's You know, it's respectful and right. whatever. And even people that you would not assume. Uh, Naomi Smalls and Kim Chi and I got along so well from day one uh-huh. that it was like, oh, okay, yeah, linked arms, we're well, fine. Yeah, well, and Kim Chi is such a sweetheart. It seems. I mean, how how can you not get along with her? <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, well, yes. well, if you if you can't get along, that there's something seriously wrong. Yeah, right. With yeah. you, <laughs> seriously. Well, I mean, and talk about big personalities. You had you were competing with people like Acid Betty and Thorgy Thor, and of course Bob. But of all of the fellow queens, who stood out to you as who you thought would be your biggest challenge uh that would get that that would be the one that's going to make you really have to push um initially it was acid betty for me Mm -hmm. um because we were so opposite Um, oh yeah 
yeah. on the scale of drag. It was like, she's very graphic. She's yeah. very um, loud. She's, you know, talented. And uh, I think my drag can get um, overlooked at times mm-hmm. um, because, you know, I'm trying to look like an old Hollywood movie star and not right. like a very graphic you know, for example, like she was a lizard yeah. lady at yeah, right. the finale. Right. It's like that tends to be a little <laughs> bit different than what I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, she was initially, you know, visually uh-huh. my um, competition. Right. Right. Just because it was so different. Yeah. But, you know, you your competition was was so incredible. I mean, the roller skating performance. Was oh, my your big moment to come through. And you did. And uh, but then, you know, you also had the pressure of being a Seattle queen on the snatch game, which you kind of talked about um, looking back on those challenges and, you know, the successes. What have you done differently and what you know, what have you changed about your uh, your game? Um. Well, I actually have time to do my makeup. Right. Uh Um, You know, and I take the time, you know, especially now that you've done Drag Race, you're like, (laughs) you had better um, wear your nails and, you know, blend, blend, blend. Otherwise, everyone takes a photo of, you know, a wrinkle on your face and they're like, can you believe that she has one wrinkle? Yeah. And, yeah. you know, then you have to show up to their house and make them eat their words with mayonnaise. Right. So that's always awkward. <laughs> but the roller skating, my goodness, I roller skate everywhere. I've roller skated in every city, uh-huh. um, which is hysterical and funny. Yeah. Um, but people really love it. And I, I just keep thinking to myself, didn't you have your eighth grade birthday party at a roller right? rink? Like nobody seems to do that anymore. Yeah, right. uh, it makes me sad. We have a talk on the show all the time. I just discovered roller skating and it's terrifying at 40 because the ground is so much harder when you hit it, but it is, I'm addicted to it. And I think it's, first of all, I know you've skated forever. Uh, your control on that runway I mean, you really did just blow everybody who watched that episode away because it was something we hadn't seen before. And anybody who's roller skated, the fact that you you could stay there and not, you know, we only lose a light bulb here and there. I mean, that's pretty good. That's worth it. Yeah, I was (laughs) a little surprised myself, honestly. I hadn't (laughs) been on skates in years. Wow. Um, So that was all just like, okay, here we go. Yeah. um, Play around and like lip sync to a song that, you didn't know before right. and um, try to still be interesting and not cover your mouth, you know, like many Queens do yeah. <laughs> when they don't know the words. Yeah. So right. um, it all just kind of came together and was horrifying at the same time. <laughs> and that is the best so, part. I mean, yeah. the energy, yeah. you can't, <laughs> yes. that energy is palpable right. in the air. I will tell One you. One day I can't wait for them to release the whole lip sync because it, it was pretty epic and everybody was screaming after oh, wow. um but you know there was a, a couple of things you know they have to trim it down for editing of course, purposes right of course. so it was a lot of fun it'll be the extended dvd release there you go is yeah. right. gonna, Can yeah. you imagine? Oh, so <laughs> you had mentioned how uh the pressure from people who will take your picture and be like you know they really call you out public is is great at, at doing that do you think that is a challenge for the queens that have done drag race, or do you think it makes your drag better? That intense magnifying glass. Um, well, I mean, hmm, how do I answer that properly? 
I I think that anytime people are rude, that doesn't make anyone want to be better. That right. just makes you angry. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, like, what makes me want to be better is, you know, taking a picture next to Miss Fame or something like that. You're like, oh, my God. Like, oh, right. I look like I just started doing drag like I painted by numbers. <laughs> yeah. um, and, you know, Miss Fame doesn't wear makeup, it seems. And right. you know oh, she beautiful. does. Yeah. Yeah. So, and she wears a lot of it. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, like she says, she's the Rolls Royce of drag. You're, so, yeah. like, I don't want to I don't want to be the pinto of drag. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Okay, that's uh, brilliant. And I, I think if if you if you as a drag queen think you know it all, mm-hmm. then you should stop doing drag. There's always something okay. to learn. So you don't need the public being like, oh, yeah. my God, you didn't wear a lace front. And right. they didn't show on the show. I actually said the reason I wasn't wearing lace fronts is because I do a show at the Hard Rock Cafe where I change my wig like seven or eight times oh, wow. in one show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so if I have a lace front glued to my forehead, yeah. one, it tears and doesn't come off easily. And when right. you go to take off your lace front, it ruins your forehead makeup. So you have oh. to redo it. And on Drag Race, you don't have that luxury. No. Right. right. And all of my lace prints that I did bring did not travel well. Oh, like, no. You, know, you're, you pack so many yeah. things in one. You're, you have five suitcases that you're allowed. That's the rule. Oh, just and five. And so if something gets crushed or broken oh when, you, when you arrive, well, then you're oops, just out of you luck. You won't be using it. So. Oh, my goodness. Wow, that's such high pressure. You better make one. I know, I'd it. be like, I need five steamer trunks, and we'll yeah. call them suitcases. <laughs> yeah. and right, that's, exactly. That's how that five U hauls? Is that it? Still had to weigh fifty pounds. Oh, oh wow. wow, they're it mean. It was a lot. I mean, just just packing alone was uh-huh. like. It, you're, you already feel like you're in the race because yeah. it's like, okay, let's take the best of the best of my drag. And make sure it all gets there. And well, you pack and you pack. And then when you arrive, you're like, oh, no, and this is broken. Yeah. yeah. This is what so, survived. Yeah. Well, and having to pack it right. all back once you're once you're going is like, oh, well, dang it. I packed all that. And now I have to go halfway through and pack it all right. back in. Right. Right. Sure. Right. So well, what and if, if, you, if you watch Untucked, I'm carrying uh-huh. my Vera Wang gown out. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not shoving this no. in the suitcase right now. It's like yeah. a precious like, child. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what advice, now everything that you know through your experience being on the show, what advice would you give to other queens who are dreaming of being on Drag Race? Well, something that happened to me that I didn't anticipate, because it's so easy to watch the show and be like, oh my gosh, I would have done that right. so right. differently. You know right. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, I was doing that before I was even on the show. It's like, are you kidding me? Like, why did that happen? Like, blah, blah. You don't really take into consideration everything that happens. Plus, mm-hmm. um, sometimes you get in your head and mm-hmm. you have moments to get out of your head and you're standing in front of RuPaul, who is like the queen that mm-hmm. has, you know, the little engine that could and right. is the only one that ever made a, you know, marketable international career. Right. Um, so... If when you're messing up, if you will, uh, and she's standing there, all you can think is like, stop messing up, stop messing up. And right, then right. Uh, you say something else and your foot goes farther down your throat and you're like, <laughs> right. oh my goodness, like what am I saying right now? And you, just, you feel like 
Jennifer Grey and um, Dirty Dancing, where she's like, I carried a watermelon. Right. Like, what am I talking about? So for those um, that don't know that reference, please look it up. Do. Yeah, I it's love so it. worth I it. it. I was just talking about that the other day. <laughs> Robbie, we the okay, the big question of the interview, I think, is who so obviously if you have if, if our listeners haven't seen it, go look this up. Uh, Bob won. Who do you think was the right winner of the top three? Well, that's a loaded question. <laughs> yes. Um, on purpose. On purpose. <laughs> Bob, yeah, Bob's sitting no, here listening. This is how, they, so, yeah. this is how yeah. the drag queens get more hate mail. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I'm actually for, I, I don't know how previous queens felt about their top three for uh-huh. their seasons. I honestly would have been so thrilled with any of them. Mm-hmm. And that's not like the, you know, Miss Congeniality answer, um, <laughs> right. as in the Sandra Bullock film, you know, World <laughs> Peace. But uh, they all worked so hard in very different ways. And they were, like, taken out of their comfort zones multiple times. And what you see on the show is a quarter of what happens. Yeah. So I'm actually really happy for Bob because... Um, he, I know that he worked really hard, mm. and I know that he doesn't. He also doesn't take it lightly. Not that any of the other girls would have, right. but he doesn't take this win as like, yeah, I deserve this. He's right. gonna try his hardest to mm. work and make it, you know, sure, make it make a it platform yeah. on purpose, right? Yeah. You know? Right. So I know you you end up working with all the queens from all the seasons, you know, yeah, uh, with I'm all the stuff. Yeah, I'm working with them all on Thursday again. Oh, that's Who? awesome. Yay. We're all going to be in Chicago. Oh, I'm going. I want to go. That sounds amazing. It's when... expensive, but you better be there. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> when you look back at the past eight seasons, who are your top three uh, drag queens that from past seasons that you were just enamored with? <laughs> Oh, no. Okay. Um, <laughs> I feel like this is like a trick question, and I get eliminated again. Right. Um, let's see. Uh, well, I mean, not counting, but obviously RuPaul. Uh, oh, right. Okay. Yeah. She's, every season, she does something, and oh, you're like, oh, that woman. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, but I would say Latrice Royale. Oh, gosh, my, yes. She's the Maya Angelou of drag. She is. she is. I could listen to her say anything, mm-hmm. and she is brilliant. And I'm so excited that I'll be working with her in a couple weeks. Oh. Um, I love Raja. Oh, yeah. I love seeing, like, Raja's brain, the way she comes to fruition for, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, for a look yes. is brilliant oh yeah and um i love trixie oh yeah i love trixie yeah she's very she's fun she's over the top and i love it i know that's the best over the top she's fun if you haven't had a chance to see her live she's very talented oh yeah um and witty like my goodness yeah like try to keep up with her good luck Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. So, Robbie, you're in Chicago this Thursday, and then where yeah. to next? What is coming from Robbie Turner that we're, we can see in the next few years, in the next few months? Yeah, what can your fans well, look forward to? Gosh, <laughs> get a list. Um, oh, good. I have uh, my own show at the Ro- at the Hard Rock Cafe. Okay, that is like the Carol Burnett show. For oh, those that oh. don't know what that means, it's like a more musical version of Saturday Night Live. Um, with comedy sketches that I write 
and um, I have dancers and singers and actors, and it's a lot of fun and a little irreverent. Um, And then I have written a book called I'll Tell You for Free. Oh, and it'll be out soon. And um, let's see what else. I'm on tour like you wouldn't believe. Like my manager is keeping me very busy, which I love. So, um, you know, I'm doing cruise lines. I'm doing, you know, bars. I'm doing a casino. I'm doing so many things. First of all, we are totally going to be reading I'll Tell You for free, and then we'll have you back. Yeah. Because I want to Okay. I love that idea. It's a whole bunch of short stories of the crazy shenanigans that have happened to me. Oh, my God. Well, and you you have a fun, uh, humorous way with words, I have to say, that I enjoy very much. I swear there are so many one-liners from you that you could have your own T-shirt line for about a decade. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, speaking of that, I you know you can get those T-shirts at RobbieTurner.com. But uh, also, you know, I had the hardest time like picking out things to say for merchandise. It was like, but I really like this one, and they're like, yeah, uh huh. Uh-huh. You already said you've said that. Like, hold on a second. Like, yeah. This other one is really funny too. You have to get that one out there first before you come out with fifteen other shirts. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like, oh. oh my god. Okay. I can imagine. It's a, it, and you know, like nowadays is hard. Mm-hmm. You have too, my goodness. <laughs> well, first of all, practically a Kardashian. Right. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Wait, be nicer to drag queens. Yeah. <laughs> well, please. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm I not have to have milk splashing on my ass. <laughs> right, exactly. I, I did so well until then. <laughs> then we call I'm it art. Swear. Robbie, we have to thank you so much for being with us. I'm really excited for your book, and I know all of our listeners are. We're going to put on your uh, your website, on our website, and our Facebook page for people who want to find out more about Robbie Turner, where you're going to be, and how they can catch a show. But thank you so much for spending time with the Outspoken Boys today. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Thank bye. you so much. And bye. Bye. And that was Robbie Turner. He was a contestant on Season eight. RuPaul's Drag Race notoriously roller skated down the runway and into your heart. That's and right. broke a light bulb. And broke a light bulb part. on the way. Because that's what I would do. Except I'd break all the light bulbs I, <laughs> on accident because I just was like a yeah, toboggan on, uh, on, on your belly all the way down. <laughs> right? Yeah, I just, me, me it would have been a wreck. This yeah. is why I let the professionals do drag and I'm you, just standing. You know what? Yeah. And, and roller skate too. Just, mm-hmm. None of that is good. So we're going to take a quick song break and listen to Some Guys Have All the Luck by Rod Stewart. You are back with KYRS Medical Lake Spokane 88.1 and 92.3 FM. This is Outspoken. If you have just joined us, we, in the first hour, spoke to Yaz Nunez. She is the Director of Programs for Soul Forest. And we just got off the phone with Robbie Turner, who was on Season 8's RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, very, I love, very sardonic, very sarcastic, mm-hmm. dry sense of humor, and it's a, it's a lot of fun. Um, very gracious. Oh, so worried about me, <laughs> about maybe, you know, upsetting the apple cart which i get it i mean those queens have to see each other for years oh my gosh i know to be in the same way i don't mess with queens no you you know you respect them from a different distance yeah right they you know what you're great at what you do they got claws although they're fun but yes um so a lot of fun there i will say that uh um we've been talking about a lot of things yeah but one of the main stories that we've been mentioning uh is of course the shooting in orlando Mm mm-hmm that happened at Pulse, which is a gay nightclub uh, in the Orlando area. And uh, everything that's that's coming from there, 50 people dead, 53 in the hospital, uh, a wounded police officer. It stopped finally at 5 a.m. this morning when the police finally stormed 
the uh, stormed the establishment. Yeah. Um, but what a what a horrifying experience mm-hmm. for for those involved. And there's going to be a lot of healing that needs to happen. That's going to take a very long time. Yeah. Especially absolutely. for those who lost people in there, and for those who were there. Yeah. Um, and and anyone in Orlando, I mean, that's just, it's it's a big day for you know our country. It's the largest uh, mass shootings we've ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, and on a on a day that falls in Pride Month, it was our Pride yesterday uh, at an LGBT at, at a gay club, really that yeah. was meant for you know uh, progressing LGBT rights mm-hmm. in Orlando for this to happen. Hosting is big events, and, yes, yeah. and so, and fundraisers for you know fighting AIDS and stuff like that. Yeah, and I think it's a time that we need to come together. You know, I also mentioned there was a man uh, with weapons and explosives that was arrested in. L.A., who in actually in West Hollywood, who was planning to be at L.A.'s Pride event Mm -hmm. this month and to do basically the same thing. So it's a very scary time when in this country, the way we deal with disagreeing with someone else's beliefs is to violently hurt or kill them. Um, And that's what we've been talking about for off and on through this whole two hours uh, to our show. It's one of the one of the blessings, I guess, for lack of a better word, that we get for having a platform, and it's important that we we cannot hide. I mm-hmm. I have known and do know a lot of people who are comfortable in the space we're at in Washington, uh, feeling protected, and they yep. don't want to get involved. Well, here's the problem, though. These these things happen because we're not involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the time for resting on comfort is over. It is. Because that has... That complacency is it, what has created a culture where this can exactly, happen. and it. I mean, it doesn't mean you have to go out and run for president and you know have this big uh, stance. It means every single day you do something. You know, you come out, you tell someone about it, you. You're right. open about it. You stand behind. You vote. You support yeah. people who support your rights. I mean, here's the thing: by sitting there, you are doing everyone a disservice. You are everyone. doing everyone in the LGBT community in the United States. Anyway, you are doing them a disservice. You cannot just sit there. And Get I, involved. I have to be. So we had a listener who mentioned that someone pointed out this is why we don't need straight pride. But here's what I would caution. It's not about this line between heterosexual people and straight people. This is a line between religious extremists who believe that they're mm-hmm. the way they choose to live their life and believe has somehow the right to supersede other human beings. So I think the the most that we need to be very aware of doing is not to to continue a divisive conversation, mm-hmm. but to somehow find a way that together we can make it better. Because I honestly think that's why we continue to have these violent uh, things happening because we don't take it and try to go to a place of healing and how yeah. can we yeah. we grow from it. But we might need you. Know, we might automatically need your reaction go to division. So I don't think it's as simple as saying this is this is not a uh, uh, straight you know straight against gay. Yeah, it's a religious belief system against just well, anyone that doesn't agree with you know, them. You know, it's it's an extremist religious belief system mm-hmm. because you can have any religious belief system you want as long as you're respectful of others. Yes. You respect their other freedom to practice or not practice right. a religion. I mean, here's the thing. It's about, uh, you know, gun control. It's about not being an extremist religion, you know. It's about learning how person. to coexist it's about instead not, of rule everyone else. Yes, it's about not taking away other people's rights because of your religion. Mm-hmm. RFRAs, this is supporting yeah. this exact same thing. 
just because it's exactly a just because it's a law doesn't make it any less dangerous. And I think when it comes to a time of deep emotional hurt, which mm-hmm. is a time like this when this happens, it's hard because you stay within the emotion and that tends to have ways of expressing itself that yeah. aren't helpful. So you know, and that's all I would say, especially when we try to make it uh, a straight gay thing. I don't think it is that. I, you know, there's other reasons why I don't think we need straight pride, but I, we have to make sure we don't become more divisive in our language and in our actions because we're in pain about something that has happened to our community. Mm-hmm. And I think that can be hard. I'm not even causing fault for someone who would say that. I'm just saying we need to be careful we are more alike than we are unalike as maya angelo would say and we need to find out how we can connect on that level remember also the the muslim poet rumi said outside the realm of wrongdoing and right doing lies a field and i shall meet you there Mm -hmm. in other words no matter what i feel is right or wrong that my moral compass is not yours and i don't have a right to say that if yours is different than mine that that we need to go to war mm-hmm. what i'm saying is we're going to meet outside of those things and i'm going to recognize that you're a human being right and so we're going to meet outside right. that realm we're going to have peace there and we have forgotten you know whether we all really knew how to do that before i don't know but um those thoughts have been out there for so some of some people knew you know, that that's where it needs to yeah. be. It's easier to and fight than it is to unite. It is. It is easier. We have never, I don't think we've ever learned how to coexist truly. No. And it's still a battle for us. And I think that's absolutely where it has to go. And we have to, like you said, uh, stray away from making it a one side against the other. I mean, it yeah. can't just be, this is not helping any of the, you know, hatred towards Muslim nations or, you no. know, And that would Islam. be my caution too, is to make this about all you can't uh, do that. All yeah. Muslims, because it's not. It's, it's not. about some crazy, and there is a group of them. There is that an is extremist all group, of them. absolutely. And, but we have to be very yeah. careful. And I think it is in falling into that fear yeah. that we have created this culture. Exactly. And that if we continue to mm-hmm. fall within that fear, it will continue yeah. to create it. Because remember, destruction only begets destruction. Yep. But it's in creation that lies life. And right. so we need to, we need to push for positive ways that we can move forward together as a community yeah um and that's hard it is hard. so you know it is hard i know there's a lot of you out there who are thinking what can i do because i I just feel helpless and that's Mm -hmm. the worst feeling and uh it 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 always happens in times of great uh mourning of times of great pain um and so i get it the need to do something for us we do a, a show every week so when this happens we get to share our opinions with you. Mm -hmm. But because we do it every week, to me, it's not enough. I need to figure out what else can I do because this is something I can do, but it's, it's what I do. Yeah. This is, this is already something we're doing. What more can we do? We had a reporter friend who runs the Seattle lesbian who said this morning, please universe, let me wake up one morning where Mm -hmm. I don't have to report something like this. Yeah. And it's hard. And I don't know. I would love to know people's suggestions of how, what unifying and what healing things can come from this because also we need to continue to combat the fear, which is how they win. Mm-hmm. Uh, people who want to silence us yeah. because it is very scary right now. It is very scary. And I think, you know, that's a big point of there. Uh, a lot of people are calling this an act of terror. And in some ways it is because you know that well, fear is there and it, it you know, whether you know, if it's the point or not, it's still mm-hmm. there, it's coming through. And, and that is a great way 
for people to manipulate it. You and know? be it with an organization that's organized like ISIS or whatever, it is an act of terrorism, period. Here's the thing, yeah. Because its purpose was to cause terror in it people. It is, yeah. And that is exactly what this has done. Yeah. And I can't believe, you know, last year, this time of year, we were looking at, uh, finally, Supreme Court ruling that allowed uh, same-sex marriage across the country. Yeah. We knew there was going to be backlash. Uh, but looking there back been. to that, you know, it's just crazy that from then to here, you know, so many bad things have happened. And now this, mm-hmm. now we have the biggest mass shooting in the United States. And, and it's against the LGBT community. Twelve days. And, and it's, it's crazy. We're only 12 days into Pride Month. Yep. It does cause reason to pause. I mean, mm-hmm. then we find out the the man who's arrested in California in who planned to go yeah. after L.A. Pride. Um, it does make you worry. And I wonder... What goes through your mind as mm-hmm. Pride organizers? I mean, Saddle, Seattle will be coming up shortly. Portland's coming Chicago up. Chicago yeah. is coming. Portland is coming up. Yeah. Um, you don't want to ever let them take you down. Exactly. But it's got to be. There's. There obviously, I'm sure all of the clubs are going to have security mm-hmm. or some way because first of all, he walked in with an automatic weapon. Yeah. Um, you can't hide that. You can't. You can't no. hide that. Yeah. That, so there's a lot of conversations that need to be had. Um a lot of things that we should be focusing on. So so go out there and, you know, another listener mentioned that, uh, you know, uh, some things that people can do is they can go donate, donate blood. Obviously, there's, like we said, there's 53 people in the hospital currently mm-hmm. in Orlando. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, the FDA guidelines need to loosen up. Some in our community can't a lot. Uh, do that. So can't. anyways, there's this brings up so many things, but what we can hope is can this please start a conversation that's about proactively changing what's yeah. going on in our country yeah. and not about yelling about guns. No. The fact is something's wrong. We the have to change is, it. Exactly. We need it. We can't just be yelling about it. We can't no. just be, you know, uh separating ourselves even more. We have to find a solution that works for a lot of people, the majority, I would say, mm-hmm. that does with deals with gun yeah. legislation. And we have to and find that. And this is a symptom of a larger problem. And remember, you treat the symptoms and it still is there. We need mm-hmm. to find the root. I mean, just look at uh, the the most recent ruling about the rape case at Stanford and how that person only received six months in jail after brutally raping a young woman. Her statement ha- is heart-wrenching to hear, um, rips your heart out. And yet, how have we created a society where even that violent of a crime, first of all, goes off with such a light sentence, second of all, has the father of the the young man who did this coming out and saying, why should he be punished for a 20 minutes of action when we can be so numb to what we do to other people in this country, in this world? That is where the problem is. Mm -hmm. And we need to address this on all fronts. Yeah. All fronts. It's the only way to change this world. So I would encourage anybody out there to do something uh, creative and from the heart and and pick proactive ways to react to such a terrible tragedy. But don't continue or support a conversation that continues to divide us because that is where we end up here again. Absolutely. Absolutely. So with that, we are going to be wrapping up our show today. Uh, Tune in next week. We'll have uh, comedian Bruce Valanche on and uh, also uh, Jeffrey Johns from Waiting in the Wings. Check out. That's a funny movie. It is a funny movie. So it's going to be it's going to be a funnier comedy show next right week, I guess. and then we'll bring you updates as we find them and yeah. you know i just want you to know sergey that jonathan is gonathan all right 